Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, in today's episode, I'm going to share with you another one of our accountability sessions, which are our interviews with up and coming traders who are going through our program. This is a really great interview because our trader talks about how he's recently made the shift from wanting kind of fancy, flashy name brand things to really wanting something that is much more important, and that is freedom. And he's going about setting up a plan to be as free as possible as early as possible. So if you're new and kind of in that same boat, make sure you listen to this entire episode because he's also going through the normal obstacles that, well, traders go through on their path to becoming consistently profitable. So hope you guys enjoy. And as always, if you want to be a part of these accountability sessions, sign up at www.tier1trading.com. It comes with part of your 14-day trial membership. Just log in each and every Friday. You can do one if you want, or you can just be like a fly on the wall and watch. Uh, Welcome to the accountability session. We run this every week. Great chance to catch up with the traders see where they're at, what they're struggling with, what they're working on, what they're looking to do next, and uh, just kind of holds a a level of accountability that is slightly out of the trader's comfort zone. We're not kind of military here, and uh, we're not going to enforce any actions, but it is nice to come on and kind of sense check and state what you're going to do, lay your cards on the table. You do get a great feeling from from doing that. And uh, today we've got Callum Timmins. Hello, Callum. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Good, I'm very well, thanks. So uh, for those who are in the group who haven't had the pleasure of already uh, getting to know you a little bit, Callum, tell tell us quickly a little bit about yourself. Okay, so I joined Tier 1 on the 28th of June, so last month. Um, I'm currently at university, but obviously at university we get so long off in the summer. Um, I'm back at university in October, so (laughs) I mean I've got like so much time off. Uh, I'm going into my final year. Uh, I'm studying maths and economics. And um, yeah, since being at university, um, I've, well, obviously uh, spoken to lots of different people. Um, It's really opened my outlook uh, in terms of like um, the future, what it holds. Uh, I'm from quite a, a, like where I'm from Mansfield, and I, I, I want to say that a lot of my friends and peers, the outlook on life isn't great. Um, for me, to get the best out of life, I always thought education is a good, um, is a good route um, in terms of bettering myself. Uh, and a lot of the peers I'm around now, like their outlook on life's really like showed me what the what the what the potential is um, in, in terms of bettering myself. Right. Um, whereas I didn't really see that before university. Sure. So mm. what, what? how old are you? I'm 21. Um, 21. So when I left school, when I left sixth form, um, I joined PwC. Obviously, I'm sure you, you'll, you'll know them, um, the accounting firm. Uh, and my mum and dad thought it'd be a good idea for me to do an apprenticeship because I wouldn't get into debt. Uh, and accounting was like people say it's based on maths and stuff Uh, and it is to some extent um but I didn't like the job 
And I knew that doing accounting, doing that apprenticeship would be very narrow in terms of the options I would have had having stayed there for four years and then qualified. Uh, and I didn't, ultimately, I didn't like the job. So from then after, so I left after a year and thought that being at university would open my options up in terms of job prospects after university. And it will, it will, it, it definitely will. Um, and the reason that I chose to go there was because I've always enjoyed studying maths uh, and learning about finance and the economy. So I, I study maths and economics. So yeah, that's a bit about me. Awesome. Yeah. What um, what university are you going to? Nottingham, is it? Or... I know, I'm uh, I'm currently at the University of Leeds. I'm going Leeds. into my final year. I've the past two summers, because obviously you get a long time off. I've done a lot of research into trading. Um, I've I've signed up to a couple of courses, not great courses, nothing like this. Um, but they've, I guess that they've opened, they've given me a good base level to then be giving me the confidence to be able to pay for something like tier yeah. one. Yeah. And also things like learning like what pips are and and just the market and understanding things like that. I guess it's, it's given me a base to then be able to, uh, to progress in tier one faster and go through the training courses yeah. and obviously yeah accelerate through that absolutely yeah i mean for me there's there's no wasted money in any education to be honest because it's always lessons or growth or you know it's it's just lessons so yeah uh, that's awesome to hear uh, good yeah. to hear that you're enjoying tier one um before yeah, we get on great. to like kind of what you're working on now what's the bigger goal for you then because you're obviously in university doing economics and maths what yeah what, have you figured out where you want to be like what what your life might look like in five um, ten years so prior to university it, i was more interested in designer clothes um th materialistic things i would like obviously i worked for ulc for a year and a lot of my money went on like silly things like montclair coats Palenciaga shoes, just things that were materialistic wow. yeah. and having now been at university and realising how much time my mum and dad are having to spend working to help fund me as well as their life and obviously they're coming to this point of retirement now and like I'm seeing how hard they've worked, like my dad's worked seven days a week for a long time some weeks even now he still works at 50 60 hours and he's like 54 and it's made me think like do I want to be doing that like do I want their yeah. their stage in life I want to be in a better position down. yeah I, I want to have won be winding down earlier than that so for yeah. me I'm thinking what's the point in having designer bags clothes whatever just to impress people when really one of the best things is having freedom having time to spend with friends family so for me ultimately the goal is to have a plan in place to be able to earn an income um to be able to yeah to basically be as free as possible yeah as early as possible in my life and that's um, such a great realization especially at 21 years old yeah um, I mean, I was tempted to join tier one last summer, but I, I don't, I just didn't have the confidence to do so. But I still think that obviously, uh, even being 21, it's such a, I'm so young that it's, it's, it, it, I mean, I, I just, yeah, it's, it's, I'm, I'm glad I've realized it now. Yeah, that, definitely. Definitely. For sure. Um, a lot of people don't realize that until they're about 50, 60 years old, like you say. Yeah. 
Uh, awesome. So what, what are you uh, what are you currently focusing on? What are you working on now? Like what's consuming your time right now? Okay, so I've obviously been in the I joined on the twenty eighth of June, so I've been doing this like for four weeks or so. I mean it's been tough obviously because of the weather and stuff in the UK, like going through the training videos, some of them I have watched like more than once because I mean it's been like thirty eight degrees, not everything's gone gone in. Um but yeah, I'm right. current, so I, I really liked your strategy videos where you literally give people the strategies. And one thing that surprised me was the I, I heard you say in one of the videos, I think it was the Daily Chore one, that if you used to give people uh, a strategy that was profitable, then out of that many people, you were saying how you'd only think 15% of people would be able to trade it profitably yeah. a profitable strategy but only 15 percent of people would actually trade it profitably so for me that really like hit home and i was like wow like what yeah. what are people doing wrong so i mean I've, I, I, that that was quite a shock um but for me i i, re I really need to work on um obviously not just the strategies but everything that comes with it so i've done quite a lot of reading on the psychology behind it uh, but but what's taken my most time is back testing, obviously. Um, yeah. The daily chore, I really like the strategy, but obviously, like you say, you need to back test it. Otherwise, you won't have the psychological confirmation. You won't understand the strategy, etc. So yeah. I've back tested that for the thirteen pairs which you given, which you actually gave in the video. Apart from the New Zealand dollar, which you gave in the video, you said that it wasn't profitable. So I just thought really? there's no yeah. there's no point in wasting time uh, back testing that. Um, so I back tested them. And I found that they, it was actually more profitable to um, to place trades when. So obviously, for the daily choice, when the the candle opens or closes, depending on whether it's sell in the upper yep. fifty and closes in the upper third. But I created a filter when backtesting to say that it opened or closed in the upper third or lower yep. third, similar to your um filter FTB. in the ftb yes yeah. i did that in the daily chore and found that it was more profitable okay uh -huh. you're not trading as much but i would prefer not to be in the market as much not to have your so-called activity trades but to actually just be trading when you've got the best probability of making money so yeah. i essentially uh made um so i, I filtered uh, i made a filter column on the excel spreadsheet uh, and found that for all the pairs uh, it was it was more profitable for the upper or lower third for the daily chore so i then obviously had um i think it was three it was about between three and five years worth of data for the 13 pairs but there weren't actually many trades for the upper and lower third i think it was ranging between about eight to ten trades per pair uh, and obviously that's not enough. So my plan now is to backtest even further back, um, just using specifically the filter of the upper and lower third. And my theory is that if I can do this for all 13 pairs and find that it's profitable for all of them, then I should have a strategy which I can trade through all the pairs, uh, which provides enough signals and enough trades to not actually be bored. Because obviously you don't want a strategy which is one trade per year per Hey, for me it wouldn't work i would be you're out of the market yep. too much but if i was trading all 13 pairs and i was getting between uh five to ten trades per pair it would yep. offer enough 
Uh, so I've done that. I've backtested the FTB, but I did it on your specific requirements of the upper and lower third and found that that was very profitable using the pound dollar. Obviously, the, the two pairs that you give. Um, and then obviously I went on to the trend continuation trades and more of the structure based trades, which uh, you also give. Now, for these strategies, I actually found backtesting, I, I, I found it difficult in the sense that, for example, I think it was yesterday uh, in the live room, you, you gave an example the New Zealand dollar, the pair. Uh, it, the bias was bearish. The high test candle wick hit the uh, structure zone, um, and um, and then it. Um, well, I've noticed it down. Yeah, so it's a high test candle wick, and obviously it hit the structure zone. But let's say, for example, this candle then went on to become bullish. Uh, the, ne the next bar market candle, sorry, went on to become bullish uh, and broke above the structure. For for me what i thought would would then not the trend zone not would it not change and obviously if you're back testing structure i, I just found it more I, I found it difficult to word but i found it more um, more ambiguous more more, yeah. more subjective right yeah more subjective it's not like you've got numerical values because structure obviously changes and if mm -hmm. you're back testing it then you don't know uh, like obviously yesterday's example like i said well you might have back tested the new structure high the trend zone that you would have originally drew yep. you might draw differently and also when you're back testing structure you can actually see what wins and what doesn't so your mind wants you to like to to draw certain things and for me i didn't want to i haven't really back tested much of it because i didn't want to because it wasn't going to be true I mean, there's no point in backtesting something it's if it's going to be biased. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Precisely. Yeah, it's, it's, it's totally, you know, when you have, this is where pe traders become unstuck because they kind of confuse discretionary trading with, um, with more kind of, so the more subjective a trading system is, the more filters mm. you might consider adding in just for grading your trades. So let's just say, for instance, right. all you've got like, you know all of the all of the principles all of the tick boxes checked so we're bearish you, you know you're in a pullback you know you've got some indications you've got even handle numbers you've got the the whole shebang you've got the you know the price action deceleration you've got a candlestick pattern and when you have all of that that could be an a plus setup whereas if you have five of them it could be an a if you have four mm. of them it could be an a minus right or yeah. three of them it could be a b and and that's a way of bringing consistency and objectivity to a subjective system and it's not so much you know you don't have to have so much um mechanical uh processes to it because you've got yeah. the filters to protect you does that make sense it um, does but would you not have had to have back tested all of them different filters i mean surely like yeah surely you'd have to have back tested all the different filters well, you backtest, you, you, yeah. So basically, you backtest everything at once, and then you strip out, and then you can start to see. Well, I missed out on this opportunity because I needed that filter, but actually, how many times did that hit profit, and and how many times didn't it? And do I actually need that filter on that pair? Okay. Right, so you kind sense. of test as much as you can in the first instance, and then it's yeah. just a case of stripping back and use and 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 becoming more aggressive. 
that's the beauty of it. Um, right. Also, you mentioned, you know, not taking as many trades. Something I'm going to do a little session on is something called positive carry, and that's the, basically to do with rollover costs uh, that, that, you know, brokers charge you based off yeah. the interest rates on each pair. And there's actually, you know, there was a trade that I held on the Aussie CAD years and years ago for about, I think it was about 21 months. It was a year and nine months I held the trade for, and mm. I earned 6% just from interest uh on the trade so it wasn't even to do with my performance it was just yeah. interest from rollover costs so there is a massive benefit from from doing that i think the whole trade was like 21 and a half percent um and I, and I got 15% from the actual performance from the from mm. the capital gains but i got about 6% from the uh from the from the interest so there's little tricks like that that you can use as well on swing trading the daily time frames and it's is very very effective so it's not always about being in tons and tons of trades it just yeah. depends you know what what you're looking to do what you're looking to get would from you it. not get would you not get huge um, charges though um for the overnight for the overnight charge obviously given from the broker like if you're holding onto a trade for so long yeah or... but the overnight the overnight charges are dependent on the interest rates between the two currencies so both currencies will have a different interest rate okay um, and depending on if it's positive or negative it will mm. either be a net positive a net carry or a positive carry and if it's positive okay. carry that's a net profit to you and if it's negative carry, then that's a, a charge to the broker. So there's rollover costs, and then there's interest rates, and there's a there's a differential between the two that can actually add or subtract more to your account. This is like the silent killer of of, of traders when they don't realise what's going on and they don't understand rollover costs properly. And I think I'm going to do a lesson yeah. on that in tier one, just because uh, um, you know I think it's come to light a little bit with with quite a few traders and they don't quite understand it. So. Yeah. Anyway, something something for another something for another uh, another time. So just tell us then, where, what are you uh, hoping to? Where are you hoping to be by the time you get back to university? Then I'm hoping like to, to have. have I'm hoping to have um, a set number, a, a good amount of strategies which I can trade at university flexibly. Yep. Obviously, my time at university is flexible. So in terms of the strategies which I trade, like, I am open to a huge number of strategies. I, I mean, I couldn't day trade, like, I couldn't be looking at my computer all the time, but I can certainly spend a lot of time trading. So that doesn't def that definitely doesn't refine too much the number of strategies I can trade. For me, I want to have a set number, I want to have some real, really good profitable strategies. Now, one of the questions that I was going to ask you was, and I know you can't give me a specific answer, because it's not a one fit, one answer fits all question but one thing that i want to know is for a one-to-one -one risk to reward ratio strategy for example what would you be looking at in terms of the strike rate for the strategy like i know that you mentioned that you shouldn't be looking for this golden strategy that you shouldn't be constantly changing and, and searching for for, for new strategies you should stick with one which is fair enough but i want to know when back testing what sort of numbers should i be looking at and thinking okay that that provides hope like that's good yeah um i don't think it's necessary to do with a strike rate i would say it's to do with the amount of profit on the overall um yeah don't strike rate strike really doesn't rate. have too much to do with that mm. the only reason why i said strike rate was because it was i was just referring to like a one-to-one -one risk reward so for for that particular 
strategy. Obviously, surely it wouldn't would be strike rate, would it not? Uh, no, no, you're right. Yeah, see, if you want a one to one risk reward, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. you need a high strike rate. Yeah, yeah. Right, well, like, so, what sort of strike rate? I mean, I'm obviously I'm coming into this pretty new. Like, I just I don't know. Like, what sort of strike rate would be like? Would you be happy with on a one to one? It no, not, not, if it was, not if it was a one to if it was a one to one, a fifty percent strike rate would not be. Uh, no, I didn't say fifty. Sorry, I didn't say fifty. I must have. Oh, I said just what sort of strike rate would you be happy with? Oh, what sort of strike rate? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen our little chart that we did for strike rate and risk reward? Have you seen the little matrix that we did? No, I don't think so. Let me see if I can find that for you. I mean, at the minute, the, stra the strategies I've been back testing, I've found that in general, the, uh, the majority of which uh, a 60% strike rate, which uh, have a 60% strike rate, which for me is really good. Obviously, it, it, that, that for me is satisfactory, but I just wanted to have someone else's opinion on this, obviously. I, I, I didn't know. Yeah, um, let, me just, let me just show you this. Uh... Let me show you this. See if I can share the screen. Portion of screen. Oof, there you go. So I don't know if you've seen this. Have you seen this before? Mm, it does ring a bell, yeah. Let yeah. So again, it it's it's going to depend on the actual trader, but if you're if you're fifty percent strike rate one to one, obviously that's not going to be. You're just going to be break even. In fact, you're going to lose money yeah. over the over the running cost, yeah. right? But this is a great kind of diagram to use to to understand where you sit within that. So, a sixty seven percent, you know, a reward to risk of um, 0.5 to one. Mm -hmm. You're going to have a sixty percent. That that kind of gives you a gauge of of where that is on the on the chart. Um, yeah. Personally, for me, you know, I would like if I if I have a one to one risk reward profile on a trade. Yeah. Um, I like late fifties, early sixties um, yeah. for performance for for strike rate. Right. So yeah, perfect. That's that's personally what I like to see. I like to push into erring on the side of caution. You know, yeah. um, and then I'll add it in and I'll keep it and then I'll build something else and I'll develop something else and then I'll add that in and see how they perform together. And it's about, for me, just, you know, keep adding little strategies and refining little strategies so that I can increase that. But a good yeah, a good starting point for me on a, on a one-to-one -one would be a, you know, 58%, 62%, something like that. Yeah, no, that's perfect. Um, yeah, that's cool. kind of what I wanted to hear. Uh, really that's great yeah. um and one other question sorry but if what in terms of monitoring the strategy obviously it, this again depends on what sort of strategy you're uh, trading but at what point if it's performing badly do you kind of either have to let the i wouldn't say let the strategy go but um well i guess yeah like completely change the strategy or would you just look to refine it um, because obviously, if you've backtested it correctly, you'll have the drawdown in the past, like the maximum drawdown, the maximum number of, maximum number of losing trades, uh, which are obviously two quite big things. At what point would you start to be like the market's changed such that this strategy is now no longer that profitable in current market conditions? Um, 
I wouldn't be any jumpier than a six-month review. Um, okay. I'd usually give it 12 months, but to be honest. Okay. Uh, so I don't want to... I don't want to jump around. I don't want an annual loss. Like, that's not going to yeah. be any good for anyone. Um, but I wouldn't ch consider changing it or dropping it for between six and 12 months. Um, the last pair I did that with was the Euro Yen on my intraday trading. And mm. um, funnily enough, two years later... I'm looking at it and I'm still tracking it and it's now really great. <laughs> so yeah. you, know, you are going to have this kind of dynamic. It, yeah, things course. aren't going to work forever. That this is this is what your edge is to maintain and be on mm. top of your systems um, yeah. and not let it get to death by a thousand cuts. So you want to stay mm. on top of it. You know, check in who's stealing 10p from the till every day. You know, you, you really need yeah. to stay on top of it so that you can. So you don't have to start from square one, uh, wondering where all your money's gone. That's the biggest danger. So um, just understand that they're all going to change. Don't have the kind of knee-jerk thermostat on-off type thing like people do with their heating. Yeah. You want to just tweak it, monitor it, make sure it's still working. Is it in the ballpark that you'd like to see? If not, then consider dropping it in you know another six months. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't that do anything too, too knee-jerk. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Monitor it, create filters, and if it's, yeah, just slightly play around with that, I guess. Yeah, that's that's it. I, I have a way of, um, like, dynamically measuring my level of aggression um, or conservativeness. So, for instance, if I find that I, I can be aggressive to the tune of, you know, two and a half percent across my portfolio then i will might the next year i might be one percent more aggressive does that make sense and yeah I'll, and yeah, I'll, yeah. You know, i won't go two and a half percent more aggressive i'll go one percent even though it's proved that i could be two and a half over the whole year so mm. things like that um staying on top of it and again i can share i think i did a module on that on journaling actually it's kind of in there so um yeah things like that just just be aware of and just understand that you've got to maintain your edge all the time which is constantly deteriorating you know yeah. so uh yeah mate you're 21 years old you've got a lot of time and energy it sounds like yeah. you're really fully in on this so uh, i really look forward to to following your journey along and seeing what you get out of this and where you get to so uh it'd be great to catch up maybe at the end of the summer just as you're about to go back to maybe september yeah. late september time and yeah, um, see where you're at then. Yeah, no, that sounds great. And I'll I'll book one in um, for that. That'll be cool, Callum. And uh, yeah. yeah, if you if you're able to get down to London, we've got to meet up on the 13th of August. But if not, I yeah. understand you're I mean, away, I'm right? not sure you can see. I've got a broken collarbone oh. at the minute. <laughs> I thought um, that was your designer bag. <laughs> no, I've got a broken collarbone, so I won't be. Um, right. But yeah. Um, will, on the next one whenever you do the next one um, I'm sure I'll be able to book on uh, and, but also thank you very much for your time uh, I really no, appreciate man, it's, it it's great these, these sessions are important and uh, they mean a lot to everyone so uh, thanks yeah. for coming on sharing your progress if you want to catch up with Callum reach out to him in the platform and uh, guys get yourself booked onto one of these sessions they are very powerful you'll wake up the next day feeling a little bit more of a burst a little bit more of energy fire in your belly um, and now you're accountable to catch up and make sure you've made progress. So really, really cool. Until then, I'll catch you on the platform. Have a great rest of your day and weekend, and I'll see you guys. I hope this interview hit home, and I hope it inspired you to get on the same path as
as this trader. Something you can do to get started right now is sign up for the free workshop that we have going on. It started August 1st, it's going through the 12th, so there's still time to catch up on what you missed. There's still time to check out the live sessions that are to come. Just sign up at www.tier1trading.com for the Bridging the Gap two-week online trading workshop. See you there.